Welcome to this edition of Don't Listen to Us, episode number 39. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. It's Christmas. <laughs> Are you feeling it? Uh, I am a little. A I'm little? enjoying, yeah. I'm loving our little tree, our beautiful tree, and um, there are other little things about Christmas that I'm enjoying. We wandered around to get stocking stuffers yesterday. That was kind of fun. That, to me, is one of the things I like most about Christmas. As much as I hate the commercialism of Christmas, buy, buy, buy. Every TV ad, everything is about buying things. I love going around now, unfortunately, because we live in a small town, our um, uh, foraging for stocking stuffers and little presents is limited to the dollar stores that are in town. Yes. Um, You don't want to spend all the money on the little local stores around here, unfortunately. And... But it's fun to... I would literally walk every aisle looking for that one little tchotchke-type thing that might be cute or funny or sweet or whatever it might be. We were walking around. One of uh, of Rory's favorite things is gummies. Yes. What you call gummies, what we call juju bears. Jujubes. Jujubes. And just a big canister. We found one in the store, so we got that for his stock. Where did we get that? I forget when we got that. Anyway, that's... Yes. He's just started drinking coffee, so I got him his own coffee mug. (laughs) And because and we're whispering because he's in the other room, we don't want to hear. Him. Want us to hear what him to, him hear, to hear us? us. <laughs> Belly full of pancakes. Can't he think. doesn't listen to us anyway? Yeah, fair point. Um, <laughs> and because he he loves the first thing he does when he comes home is he takes off his shoes and socks, goes in his room, puts his pajamas on. He's this a, is like he's three a pajama boy. This is like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. He'll, he'll do this. And um, but, but it's not like he's gonna go outside. It's rainy. It's dreary. It's just yeah here. So it's no it's no big deal. Uh, so the, the 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 coffee mug says pajamas all day. Yeah, so and his pajama t shirt says hashtag tired. Hashtag tired. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the part about Christmas I like is looking around for that, those little things. I found two things for you. Did you? Uh, I did. Aww. I did. You're very difficult to buy for, Mr. King. Most people, and again, I say this on, all on a regular basis, at a certain age, our age, are difficult to buy for. Because either you have everything you want from the point of view of appliances and kitcheny stuff and shirts and socks and that kind of stuff. Or, and this is my problem, my ta- I've got champagne taste and a beer budget. He so does. You know, uh, Melissa says, what do you want for Christmas? I said, nothing. She said, oh, there's something you want. I said, yeah, there is, but no one can afford it. No one can afford it. You know, I want I want a, a drone, which is $2,000. I want a Nikon uh, a 2470 lens, which is $2,000. I want a Nikon D850, which is $4,000. You know, there's nothing that anyone can aff- that I want that anyone can afford. Well, we'd have to do a GoFundMe for Sean's Christmas. No kidding, yeah. <laughs> but it is very hard. It's very hard for Well, there must to... be something. Come on. Help me out. Yeah, a KitchenAid mixer, $300. Oh, for heaven's sakes. You see? There's just not not a lot. Oh, that's the, right. That's the and then when we go to places that do, that do have the thing that might be kind of cool, it's too expensive. We went to this little kitchen store here in town. And the lovely ladies who work there, and it's a cute little store. I love, because I'm the baker of the family, the cook of the family, and, and because I'm a guy, I love gadgets. Mm-hmm. So so com- combining that to kitchen gadgets, woohoo! You know, you, 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 there's a lot of kitchen gadget stores. You can't let me go in. because I'll be there for two hours. So we go into the store, and they have all kinds of cool little little gadgety It's a beautiful things. store. beautiful store. Mm. But the prices, because of where we live, are astronomical. Insane. I mean, they they had a spatula I wanted. You know, I've got a big, flat spatula. Mm-hmm. I want a smaller spatula. You mm-hmm. said, you were, I want a just narrower spatula. Mm-hmm. It was $12. Yeah. For a freaking spatula. I know. I'm paying a buck fifty for a small spatula. Okay? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not spending 12 bucks. 
Yeah, but there's some things like I know you need um, your those stacking cups for a cup, half cup, you know, the, that sort of thing. You can get some beautiful stainless steel mm. ones that are gorgeous. That would be, you don't want to just be cheap on those because that's why the handles break. But even those at that store were $22. Well, I looked at them. I was thinking, oh, well, I'll get him some beautiful. Yeah. Uh, stacking cups, but nope, too yeah, expensive. Measuring cups. Uh, measuring the, cups. The, the plastic ones break too easily. So they I, do. I'd love to have, and, and, and the numbers wear off, but that's no big deal. But um, yeah, I'd love to have a, have a, a metal set of them. But exactly. yeah, $25, $30 I know, at that store. And so it no. starts to really add up, doesn't it? Does, it? it does. But it's not what it's all about, folks, is that's it? Right. And, and so for me, um, because I know the people I love can't afford to get me the things I want, I'm okay with that. You and I have talked about that before personally and, and on this show and our other podcast. I'm more about experiences. So I so we went out uh, last week, bought a, 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 a liter of Jameson whiskey, mm-hmm. and we had Irish coffee yesterday. Oh, so yummy. I make some pretty damn good Irish coffee. Oh, my gosh. i got to say, homemade ice cream, sugar, brown sugar and white sugar, mm. Jameson's, and good strong coffee. Mm. Wow, that's so yummy. So yummy. Just felt so uh, relaxed. And so in our house, we've had our beautiful, tr- our real tree yep. up. We've had, um, we've been baking. Yep. Today is gingerbread day. And yeah. Yesterday and I made a, a, a cheesecake. Cheesecake. And um, we've been playing Christmas music and got the Christmas lights out. So, you know, watching some, Christmas movies, watching silly Christmas movies, watch Elf night before last. <laughs> yes. It's, it's funny how well yeah. that, that particular movie holds oh, up. My goodness. I remember when it came out, I had no interest in it cause I don't like Will Ferrell. I don't find him funny very much. No. And then that's for some reason when it was on DVD or, or whatever, I watched it and went, this is actually a very sweet, gentle, kind movie. It is. And he's not Will Ferrell in it. No. I think that's the thing. He plays this very kind-hearted Buddy the Elf, which is the funniest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, complete innocent in, in, in New York City. And it's a lovely, lovely movie. It really is. Um, so I enjoyed watching. We watched it with, uh, with, uh, with Rory. The, the 13-year-old Rory. Yeah. And then last night, another traditional Christmas movie. Die Hard. <laughs> I, th- I, I thought you said that wasn't a Christmas movie. I don't think Die Hard's a Christmas. It it's is. a movie set at Christmas time. Yes. But I don't see it as a Christmas movie because Christmas movies have that sort of redemption aspect to it. Yes. You know, that uh, James Caan became a father in Elf. Yes. You know, um, A Wonderful Life. Jimmy Stewart became a better person. All those kinds of mm-hmm. things. John McCain didn't become a better person. No. He did in a small way, but not in the way that you think of Christmas. Well, movies. I think he and his wife might reunite exactly. through it, but it's exactly. not a Christmassy les- lesson or no, a Christmassy. Like a Christmas Carol and Scrooge becomes a, a, a enlightened nice guy human idea. being. Or the Grinch. All, yeah. His heart grows two sizes. Yeah. So, so while Die Hard is set at Christmas time, I don't think of it as a Christmas movie, although I do watch it around Christmas time. So maybe it was that's, fun. It was fun. Rory enjoyed it. It, it, it was the first time. <laughs> Melissa worried less about this than I do, and I, I'm not sure why I worry about it so much or why I should, but to me, I'm very concerned with ratings. I don't want Rory to watch movies that are R-rated, because they're rated R for a reason. PG-13 is good, but R, I, I feel there's a reason for an R rating, and therefore, 13-year-olds shouldn't watch our movies. That's a personal opinion. You care less about that than I do. So I asked you, I said, you know, Die Hard is rated R. 
do you think Rory can watch it? And you sort of did what you just did, rolled your eyes. Oh, and, Die oh, Hard's it's, nothing. It's nothing. It's no big deal. And I'm watching it last night going, there's a lot of swearing in this. Yeah. There are quite a few F-bombs being thrown around. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's the classic yippee-ki-yay mofo. Mm-hmm. And, forgotten about this, there's six breasts. You okay with that? I'm okay. I'm not worried about it at all. So, what would worry you with R-rated movies? Um, well, I don't. I think it's confusing for him to see sex. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like that idea. I think that he's. I mean, I know he already has, but through searching it out himself. Yep. But I don't want to be sitting with him and watching. I remember. It's watching- okay if there's a little bit, and if it's subtle, because on the Titan, that Titans thing that he's watching that you've done yep. that you've that we're watching. Um, that's intense, and that worries me. I yep. mean, there's sudden shoot shots through the head at close range. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. That, that's, cause that's kind of like, oh, my goodness, it's very dark. Yeah, I don't think we should watch that anymore. There's a little bit of sex in it and just darkness. And, and just beside all that, I don't think it's very good. No, I – yeah, no. So that was more of a concern to yeah. me. Die Hard was not a concern at all. Rory's not a swearing boy. No. He doesn't. His brother swears constantly. He does. So so annoys me. Yeah, and Rory doesn't swear at all. He's a even good he's kid. he's such a lovely boy. Speaking of which, um, Melissa will send good thoughts out to Melissa on Tuesday at one fifteen, because at Tuesday at one fifteen, Melissa will be sending her son off to Smithers, British Columbia, to go be with his dad for Christmas. Yes, it'll be your first Christmas without your youngest. Yes, it will. That's going to be very hard for you. Mm-hmm. I can feel it on you. I can feel a little bit of sadness because of this. Oh, well, and, and 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 also it's a bit of the and correct me if I'm wrong. The knowledge that your son is growing up, your last one, is becoming a young man and then a adult and that mm-hmm, kind of stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. that's part of it too. No, I don't think so. I miss my family in Australia. Yes. There's lots of memories popping up on Facebook and. Because a year ago today. A year ago today. We had breakfast with the koalas a year ago today. (laughs) Um, Well, a year ago, you know, like if you think of the time difference. Don't, don't. You'll pull your brain out. Yeah. Just missing them and Rory will be away and it'll be cold and dark and rainy and just all that stuff. So I've decided to stay in bed for the whole Christmas break. (laughs) The whole break. That's fine. I I, I will cater to you. We'll have to go to a medical supply store and get a bedpan. Oh my god, that's disgusting! Really no, is, I will it? shuffle to the washroom. Okay. I promise. Right. As, long, as long as you're willing to put through the effort. No, we've only been married a year on the twenty third, and I'm not going to have you change my bedpans at this point <laughs> in our marriage. Wait, are you saying at some point you would? Well, I think it might be, neat, but it's probably me going to be doing yours because men. Oh, come on now, it's true. Why do you say that? Because men usually, you know, men are women live longer than men. Yeah, but you say I'm going to poop myself before you poop yourself? Well, I wasn't talking about poop. I was more thinking about pee. You're the one with the uncontrollable farts, not me. Oh, my. okay, enough. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right, moving on. Otherwise, okay, moving on. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say next, don't you? No. The funniest, the funniest thing about Melissa, this beautiful, <laughs> gorgeous, sexy redhead. <laughs> Smart, kind. Okay, what are you building up to? Gentle, fun, the utter love of my life. The funniest thing she does is fart and giggle. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he just still finds it. <laughs> it's the funniest thing in the world. Well, okay, folks, I've only just started farting in front of him the last, what, four months or so? 
for the first ex- yes. period of time that I knew him, yes. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> now it's just all out there. But I have a good old giggle after. That's the funny part. It's the giggle. It's, you know, because I have no problem. It's a bodily function. It doesn't affect me at all. I don't think less of anybody with the, when they do it in the privacy of their own home, their own bedroom. It's no big deal. If you're a guy and you Dutch, uh, Duff, Dutch oven your wife, you're an <sighs> asshole. Okay? Oh, you, you're just a jerk. Yes. You, you, you do it. You apologize. You move on. So I, I have no problem with that, but but Melissa will have her little little girly toots and then giggle afterwards. I do. I, I sometimes it's quite a big giggle. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> or sometimes Sean and I now even have farting competitions. <laughs> He'll go, and then I go. Okay, your turn. Like this is us, you guys. We're in our fifties. Your turn. Okay. <laughs> and then he'll go again, and I'll and laugh, and so it's <laughs> it's all be us over Christmas. <laughs> We're gonna eat in bed. We're gonna, oh, you know, that's God. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hibernating. And now you know why the show is called "Don't Listen." Up, <laughs> these are the conversations you're gonna get. This is, this think, is not highbrow, kids. This no, is- I think people need to uh, be aware that some people in their fifties are having fun, you know, having fighting competitions in bed. I think people should do that, no matter what age they are. I agree. I'm just saying. I don't know if a lot of people do. Let us know, folks. Do you have fighting competitions in bed? <laughs> DLTU at YML.me. <laughs> so uh, we are, Rory will be an unaccompanied minor on his flight on Tuesday, two more sleeps. And what that means basically that the, the airline charges you but takes possession of your your kid as they, they go. It's not required for 13-year-olds, but this is his first flight by himself. Oh, yeah. And so we wanted to do it. Oh, yes, and yes. he'll probably do it for the first couple of flights up to visit his dad up in Smithers. Yeah. But it's, it's a good experience. I love it for he, him. He wants to travel as he gets older. He's already wanting and talking about wanting to go to Russia mm-hmm. because of the school trip there. Yes. So this this is a good thing. Except this is not. Uh, Southwest Airlines gate agent at Orange County's John Way Airport posted a photo of a boarding pass on social media to mock a five-year-old girl with a unique name. What is wrong in your head that you somehow, as an employee... At a job that's customer service facing, mm. would get a boarding pass of anybody. Five year old girl, 85 year old man, doesn't matter. Anyone. Take a picture of it and then post it on Instagram or that's Facebook. Very strange. What is what is what is broken in your brain that you would do that? Well, there's no regard. No regard for people or their privacy or their choices. Now the problem is and this is going to probably get me in some trouble. I understand why she did it. Was it a she that did it? Uh, yes. Oh. I wouldn't have done it, but I understand why she did it. And why? I think it's stupid and immature and yeah. idiotic and will get your ass fired and it did. But I understand because the child's name was A, B, C, D, E. Literally. Yeah. The child's name was the first five letters of the frickin' alphabet. Her name is A, B, C, D, E, Redford. Yeah. The hell is wrong with her mother? I, it's very odd. Now, How do you pronounce it? Absidy. Absidy. No, Absidy. Oh, Absidy. Yes. Yes. Okay. This poor child's mother uh, is also as much of an idiot I, as a gate agent. I have to agree. I'm sorry. I don't understand where that's come from. But you, you could share it with a colleague or something privately just to go, wow. Even then, you're still going to be an asshole. At least you'll, you'll be a private asshole. Yeah. 
The girl's mother says the agent made fun of the name and even posted a photo of her boarding pass on social media. The gate agent, the mom said, the gate agent started laughing, pointing at me and my daughter, talking to other employees. So I turned around and I said, hey, if I can hear you, my daughter can hear you. So I'd appreciate it if you just stop. Southwest Airlines gave this statement. We extend our sincere apologies to the family. We take great pride, blah, blah, blah. The post is not indicative, blah, blah, blah. We have followed up with the employee involved. No, no, you fire the employee involved. That's just really inappropriate. That's not customer service. That's, that person shouldn't be in customer service. Redford said she's using this experience as, as a teaching lesson for her daughter. She said, Mom, why is everyone? Why is she laughing at my name? And I said, not everyone is nice and not everyone's going to be nice and it's unfortunate. No, the other lesson is your mother's an idiot who gave you a very, very stupid name and now you're going to have to go through your entire life. Yes. With people doing, you're five. You're going to school next year, sweetie. Get used to this. Yes, I was going to say has not happened up to now. Because your mother has set you up. I agree for ridicule and for, for what and yeah for utter ridicule. Yes, I agree. I do not know, understand why no one in this story asked the mother why, why did, did you name your child the first five letters of the alphabet? Yeah, well, it's all about her choice, and you don't want to get into that that questioning her when she's the mother. No, I'm going to question you. I, I question why you're an idiot. Yeah, I know. I know. I agree with you. I do. Because you have to be very, very cognizant of the fact that your child has to carry their name with them for the rest of their lives. Like, it's the biggest thing ever. Well, at least until they get to the adult age where they can change their name. Yeah. But even then, you're putting that pressure on the child because I know having had friends who have done this, yes. they feel guilt about that. That's the, mom, that's the name I've always had. My mom picked that name for me and you feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had a friend in college who did it because her family was just awful and she wanted to get rid of the family name. Yes. And she wanted to rename herself and take control of her own name. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. But it was also very, she was guilt-ridden about it. Mm-hmm. She's happy with it now. But at the, at the time, I remember her just being torn up over the idea of getting rid of the family. Oh, but I have to. Oh, but I can't. She's going to put her daughter through the same thing. Yeah. Just because it's some bizarre vanity mm-hmm. that you need to name your child something original. Well, there's a lot more better original names than that one. There's original and there's original and stupid. And that's yes. definitely original and stupid. Hmm. I don't remember hearing this story when it actually happened uh, earlier this year. But unfortunately, this wedding has dissolved. Shame, you know, most weddings, some weddings should dissolve, other weddings, it's a shame. Then some of this one might be a shame. An Irish woman uh, married earlier this year announced the couple have split up. Amanda oh. Teague from Drahega County, Luth, married a Haitian pirate named Jack earlier this year. The wedding took the wedding to her soulmate took place on board a boat in international waters off the Irish coast. Um, however, the Irish Mirror reports a couple have called it a day after less than a year. Taking to social media, Amanda said, I feel it's time to let everyone know that my marriage to Jack is over. I will explain in all due course, but for now, all I want to say is be very careful when dabbling in spirituality and not something to mess with. The split is another blow for Jack after he was reportedly executed for thieving on the high seas in the 1700s. She married a ghost! (laughs) What? She married a ghost! Well, how did she learn about this particular individual who is now a ghost who she married in inter- what i don't know okay that is just that poop crazy crazy just loopy did she she is an a, an irish jack sparrow impersonator who married the ghost of a pirate earlier this year found her soulmate from the 1700s 
The, the wow. loved up couple were legally married by a shaman priest and vote off the Irish coast. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is just bizarre. Are there pictures of her yeah, actually, you, you know? Pirates of the Caribbean superfan Amanda shoveled 6,000 euros, <gasps> changing her name and look, and worked as times as a Jack Sparrow impersonator. Lives in, she now lives in Belfast. Wow. And yeah, she uh, spent, she looks like a really bad Jack Sparrow. It's intriguing thinking about the wedding night, isn't it? Amanda made, <laughs> <laughs> Amanda made headlines around the world or meeting her ghost Jack in 2014, who uh, said she appeared beside her when she lay in bed. Uh-huh. Okay. She said she said he looked like the Pirates of the Caribbean character, dark skin, jet black hair. I told him I wasn't really cool with having casual sex with a spirit, and I wanted us to make a proper commitment to each other. Wow, that is so intriguing. That's a that's all kind of loopy. Okay, so it's all over now. It's over. It's over now. It just okay. didn't work out. He's probably because he wasn't home a lot. No, not home a lot, <laughs> and you know, oh, transparent personality, which is a good thing. This is one of those things that I don't know if it's a factor of the media times we live in now, journalism, internet journalism now, or, or whether this would have been a story in the 70s or 80s. But this should not have been a story. In no way, shape, or form should this have made the Irish Daily Mirror or any other media outlet, because this is not a story. This is a, we're going to judge her as a poor, sad, possibly crazy person who possibly needs help, but there was no need to publicize this. There was no need for any reporter to write this story. You know what I mean? No. This is no. not newsworthy. No. This is a sad life. It's kind of, of like, a, oh wow, it's a it's a it's a people magazine story. It's a story that is written for exactly the reasons why we just did to mock this person. To tease, to make fun of, to enjoy the misery of Somebody else. No happiness in the story. Even if it was a perfectly happy wedding, the story has the undercurrent of she crazy. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm not happy. I'm not mocking her. I'm not. I'm, oh, I I'm am. not. I'm not happy that she's. I'm just intrigued as to how somebody could could take something like that so far. She's obviously a little bit unbalanced, but I don't take any happiness in mocking her. Well, that's an interesting statement. You say that she's unbalanced, and I agree. Yeah, but is it? Is she unbalanced because she believes in ghosts? Do you believe in ghosts? She's um, I, there are uh, there is something that I have seen as a young girl that I experienced, and then also after my mother died, yeah. my grandmother experienced a very real episode with my mother. So I am skeptical about it, but to actually go through a whole wedding and everything like that is very, I mean, that's that's a different thing to just believing in ghosts. I can't say I, I believe in ghosts. I have had experiences, weird things that I can't explain, but nothing I would attribute easily to supernatural things. Mm. Um, I come from a maritime province, Nova Scotia, Canada, and... Uh, Seafaring people generally are very superstitious mm -hmm. because the, the sea can be a bitch mm -hmm. and weird things happen on and around the sea. There's actually yes. a book 
one of my favorite books is by Dr. Helen Creighton. It's not even in print anymore. I, I was looking for this book for 15 years until I finally found it called Blue Nose Ghosts. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, Helen Creighton was a, um, a, a doctorate in folk singing and the stories of folk songs mm-hmm. and where they come from. And so she was, she started off as I think she worked worked at Dal, or a professor at Dalhousie University in Halifax, started off with the idea she's going to collect folk songs from around the Maritimes mm-hmm. and dig into the origins of who wrote them and why they're sung. Hmm. But as she was going to these people's houses, fishermen, and listening to the folk songs, they would tell her other stories too. Mm. And the other stories were more fascinating than the stories of the folk songs. Mm. So that's how the, the book became, made a right-hand turn mm. and became about the, the superstitions and the ghosts of the Maritimes. Mm. And there are a lot of them. And I, I, I read that book when I was 10 years old. Scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. My mother was, was very superstitious. She had all kinds of weird, wonderful, wacky superstitions. You couldn't put shoes in the bed. Um you, she had the whole black cat and ladder and all that kind of stuff, but she had a whole bunch of other really fun. She, you wouldn't, you weren't allowed to rock a rocking chair if there was no one sitting in it. Mm-hmm. Like if someone got up out of a rocking chair and it rocked more than two or three times, my mother would get up and, and grab the rocking chair and stop it from rocking. Mm. And you certainly couldn't put your foot on the rocker. You know, you're sitting somewhere else and put your foot in the rock and rock. No, that would freak mom out. Mm. So blue mm. ghosts have a lot of these in it. So. I should be susceptible to it, but I'm not. I'm not going to... I don't know if there is otherworldly spiritual things that are going on. I've never experienced them that I can attribute directly to that. I've, I've always said that it was a trick of the light or my imagination or that kind of stuff. But I can see how other people could believe in that imaginary things. Mm-hmm. You know, the mind is a powerful thing. We can, mm-hmm. make, we can convince ourselves of a lot of things. So I don't have any doubt that she could convince herself that she has seen this ghost of a Haitian pirate. Well, I, I, I get that. But to actually follow through with yeah. a marriage yeah. and then actually share with everyone that they're broken up. So I, I, I don't doubt that she believes, she believes she's seen these things. Yes. I don't believe those things are real that she's seen. Yes. But yeah, again, then going forward with this whole publicity thing. But yeah, I really believe the media, these are not stories. These are purient interest stories. These are not newsworthy stories. But if she's chosen to use social media to talk yeah, about it and ignore. open up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, there you go. That's what journalisms choose to do stories yes, on nowadays. That's right. <laughs> and that's part of the problem is that these these stories are easy to write. Yeah. You know, they almost write themselves because they're so fluffy. Yes. As opposed to the story about the latest budget crisis Mm -hmm. or global warming, climate change. That's a hard story to write. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. when you're a journalist, especially nowadays, uh, a lot of, um, air quote, journalists have to write four stories a day or they have to get X number of clicks. Mm. Um, And so they're forced to write stories that people will click on as opposed to stories that will inform people. They may mm. not click on them, but mm. they're informative stories. Oh, okay. Well, there's a, a Macintosh news site, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm taking the word news out of it because it's not a news site. Uh, it's a, a, a Mac site that has, in the last six months or a year, moved completely away from Macintosh news to now just selling shit. Oh. In a news wrapper. And that's mm. the worst part about it is mm. that they pretend like they're informing you. But what they're actually doing, it's called iMore, iMore.com. Mm. What they're actually doing is telling you to, 
to buy this stuff because they've got affiliate links. They've got Amazon links to it. So let, just like we do on Your Mac Life, mm. they, they when if you click on the the product and buy it, they get money from it. So it's not a news story. It's a story to get you to buy this thing. Mm. Um, these are the I, I more the twelve headlines from iMore. Finish up your holiday shopping with these great last minute deals. Save over thirty percent on a new daily bag. Amazon's new thirty dollar Echo Wall Clark clock. Uh, $20 off a free Echo Dot. Uh, $25 gift card off of this. Uh, a great printer you can buy on Amazon.com. A MacBook bag you can buy on Amazon.com. Etc. Etc. Uh, Ultimate Ears Mega Boom. It's all the stories are about things you can buy. There's no news. Oh, there's there. no news. It's more like a shopping site. And if you go to other websites, you can read news. Mm. News that has happened. Mm. So, I'm more is, is, is in the Macintosh space is the worst of these kinds of new websites where they're just trying to get you to buy stuff. They're just trying yes. to get you to click. Yes. And that's, yes. that's obviously a, a bad thing. Speaking of which though, um, a 50% off sign increases sales. Even if shoppers don't know the original price or what a reasonable price for the product would be. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting and mm -hmm. true? Mm -hmm. You think you're getting a deal. Yes. Yes. And unfortunately, because we don't have any measures in place, to force resellers to not do these sleazy things, mm -hmm. they the thing can be nineteen ninety nine. They'll put up a fifty percent off price. It's still nineteen ninety nine. Mm. But if you didn't go in the day before and know it was nineteen ninety nine, you think, oh, it's it's half off to forty dollars. I'll buy this. That's right. Especially this time of year. This time of year, retailers in every field are notorious for this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, Amazon is really bad. Amazon has been caught on many many occasions. You go to I'm just going to Amazon.com right now. Oop.com. And, and Amazon has this wonderful thing where they tell you that you're going to save X amount of dollars mm. on the product. So I'm just trying to find something off, off my wish list that, that you can buy. Oh, look, a drone. Um, <laughs> mm. KitchenAid 5-quart stand mixer. No, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't ship to... Uh, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Nothing ships to Canada. Yeah, no kidding. The Great White North. So it says, uh, this is the, I, I really want one of the, we were talking about that expensive store yesterday. Mm -hmm. This um, uh, oven thermometer, I've always wanted, I want an oven thermometer because our oven seems kind of weird. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to calibrate it. Oven thermometer on Amazon.com is $7.50. List price was nine ninety eight. We don't know that. Amazon's telling you that you're going to save $2.48, 25% off, but you don't know what the original price is. Amazon tells you the original price was $10, but there's no proof of that. Right. And they've been caught doing that, saying the list oh. price is $20, but you're going to get it for $10 and you save 50%. You go, well, I'm saving 50%, except Amazon's making up the original number. Oh, The well. price of the product was never $20. Hmm. Amazon's so making they're lying. Up. They're lying. So you have to be really careful. Amazon, to their... Um, credit have gotten this reputation as being the um, website to go to for uh, for deals and pricing. And we just assume that we're going to get the lowest price on Amazon.com. Hang on. I, I, I turned your mic off so you could fix that. So, so go ahead. Um, so that's just the assumption we all make now with Amazon.com, but it's not true. It's been shown on many occasions that Amazon isn't necessarily the lowest price. It might be the most convenient, certainly. It might be the easiest one to do searches for and get reviews and that kind of stuff, but that's not necessarily true that it is it's always 
the cheapest place to get things. I always tell folks to you know do searches on the product. Do a search on the on the product on Google, and Google will give you a bunch of different prices of things. Then you can sort of contrast and compare right down the front yeah, page. Yeah, it's difficult for people to do their research and compare and all with the pricing. You know, you think you think you because of the time. You think that you just go to Amazon and you're getting a better deal than anywhere else. Well, and that's the other thing. How much is your time worth? That's right. How much for me, time, a lot. Yeah. How much are How much are you time are you going to spend trying to save a buck? Exactly. You know, if if the price is close enough, like, then just buy just it. Do it. You know, if, so. if you don't want to spend two hours Google searching things for an oven thermometer to yeah. save forty seven cents. Yeah. It's- now for us, and this feeds into what I was going to say um, before. For us, uh, I've spent literally the last two months, three months. At least one hour a day, if not more, on the weekends, doing searches for flights and hotel for our Florence and Lisbon trip, mm-hmm. trying to find the best deal, and that is so hard. Mm-hmm. That is, and it's 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 hard because if you have half a brain and you do this, you you're just terrified of getting ripped off mm-hmm. because the pricing of hotels and flights is so fluid. I used to work in hotels, and I know the price you pay for the hotel is not what the hotel needs to sell that. Every every hotel, same with airlines, they have that cost per room or cost per seat. The airline knows what it's going to cost them for that seat, the prorated when you um, divide the cost of the gasoline and cost of the the everything, all their costs. They know we got to sell this seat. For a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. so if we can, if we sell it for more than a hundred bucks, that's profit. So if we can sell it for five hundred dollars, mm-hmm. yay! Mm-hmm. Same with hotels. Hotels generally, I worked in hotels in Banff, uh, Alberta, Canada, and this was a shitty, shitty hotel, and their cost per room was forty dollars, and we regularly sold rooms for one hundred fifty, one hundred seventy-five dollars. Mm-hmm. So that's profit. That's and that's assuming the entire hotel is sold every single night, and it wasn't. So you've got to make up the price for those rooms that don't get filled up. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of leeway for them to manage the price. And I saw them change the price on a daily basis. I'd get an email every morning. I was a reservation guy there. I'd get an email every morning from the general manager saying, okay, our rooms are this price today. And it would literally be different from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with same with air, air, airfare. You, you start doing searches and price alerts on Kayak and Expedia and Travelocity and, and, all, and a lot of these are owned by the same company, by the way. Yes, Booking.com right. and Orbitz and that kind of stuff. Skyscanner, Ch- Hipmunk. I was signed up to all of them. And you can see these prices changing on a daily basis. Mm. A hun- by hundreds of dollars, not by pennies, mm-hmm. but by a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And it really stressed me out. Because mm-hmm. we've got a budget for this trip. And actually, because of our budget, we didn't hit my, my uh, predictions. We can't go to Florence because we had to drop the Florence part mm-hmm. of it off the trip. So now we're going to Lisbon. But I'm happy to say we booked the tickets. Yeah, it's done. It's done. March 21st, we will be flying to the beautiful Heathrow Airport. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then on the 22nd, we're flying to beautiful Lisbon, we are. Portugal. Yes. Staying at the Hotel Boja Chadas. Yes, it looks lovely. In a because you're my wife and I love you, we're staying in a superior double suite <laughs> with Chado view. 
Ooh. I don't know what any of that means. It sounds good. It does sound, especially in that language like that. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we're doing it for the Starting Point Photography uh, Beginner Photographer Workshop. If you're interested in that, go to startingpointphotography.com, mm-hmm. and there's information there. Or send me an email, and I'll, I'll give you more details. Basically, the way I always pitch to folks is that go on the vacation you're going to go on anyway. And if you've never been to Portugal, if you've never been to Lisbon, you will be blown away by how beautiful this city it's is. It's so beautiful. How historic it is. The light, the people, the food, the the cost. It's the one of the cheapest places in uh, national. In, sorry, uh, national capitals in uh, cheapest places to visit in Europe. In, yes, we all know Paris is expensive and London expensive and Rome is expensive, but Lisbon is is like beers are two bucks. Yes, um, I think I, it's cheaper there to buy beer um, than it is to drink water. To drink water, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, in general, dinner at a nice restaurant will cost you $25 per person yeah. with, with a glass of wine. Yeah. So that's going to be great. Um, and so then, so the idea is you go on this on a vacation to a beautiful place you're going to go to anyway, but you spend your mornings hanging out with a professional photographer, learning how to take better pictures mm-hmm. of this beautiful place. My idea, I still remember my Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob was... In the, I think the Merchant Marine. I, I, I want to say that because he wasn't a sailor, sailor, but he did. He was he was on a sailing ship that went off places. And Uncle Bob would come back, and he always had presents for us. He always had presents for us kids, and so we'd all gather over at Uncle Bob's house. And Uncle Bob would do his slideshow. He had one of those big, you know, um, um, carousels with the the slide projector with the, oh yes the picture <laughs> and the screen would go up. And I knew we were in for two hours of hell. I'm mm, like nine yeah. and I know this is going to be like, awful. Oh, these photographs are awful. But Uncle Bob wasn't giving us a present until after the slideshow. Oh. So you sat there with a little bag of popcorn and and would he tell a big long oh, story? Oh yeah, he would. Oh, oh my Lord. God. And even at nine, I knew these were awful photos. And there were oftentimes there were like seven photos of the same same thing from two inches away, right. two inches to the left or the right. It was just terrible. Oh, how awful! I'm surprised your mother never said anything to him. Well, your mother, the, be- she wanted the booze. Oh. Um, and Uncle Bob was a sweetheart. He's a lovely man. We all love. Yeah, Uncle everybody Bob. did it to please Uncle exactly. Bob. So the idea would be, wouldn't it be great to come back from a vacation and have people say, "I'd love to see your photo," <laughs> instead of, "Oh God, no, please, no, no, no." Well, you could put. One's up on your wall yes. as my trip to Lisbon, my trip to wherever you're going to go. You know? And the the other aspect of it is that you're going to be learning about photography in general so that when you go anywhere from there on in, you'll still be able to take better pictures. Even in your backyard. Backyard of, of your, your kids or your, your wife and family, husband. Your pets. Even another, whatever. You'll, all your photography will get better. So if you want for more information about that, send, us, send an email to dltu at yml.me. Or go to the website, startingpointphotography.com. Yeah, we've had people sign up from Instagram, too. Yes, that's right. So, yeah. Yep. It's exciting. Um, we're going to be there for 10 days. You and I will be there for 10 days. Um, already making plans on what to see there. Uh, if you get a chance, go to youtube.com. Just do a search for Lisbon and watch some of the travelogue videos that folks have posted there. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll, you'll fall in love with it. It's, I was surprised at how much... how Because I'm a big fan of European history. And... I guess I didn't really appreciate how important Portugal is to world history. We kind of forgot about that. With well, the it's whole... funny. We all know it. Yes. We know yeah. that Portugal was the center of exploration. And I mean, how many countries does Portugal speak Portuguese? Well, at one point, uh, the, the Portuguese colonial empire was bigger than, than the Roman Empire. 
Yeah. And it spanned the globe, whereas the Roman Empire wasn't. It was just Europe and Asia. Mm-hmm. Um, South America and uh, um, the Netherlands, not Netherlands, sorry, uh, Indonesia and uh, Macau and Hong Kong and all kinds of places all around the world. So all over uh, Africa. Um, so it's a, it's a fascinating country. And then in 1755, they had what was what's been described as the single greatest earthquake in mankind's history mm-hmm. that leveled the city. Just destroyed a, a, a it. 9.0 or 9.5. I don't know how they would have known that, though. Est- just estimates from the, the, the amount of damage. Oh. And then a tsunami and then fires. A fires, that just yeah. destroyed the city. Destroyed and that them. killed Portugal's global empire. Yes. It just destroyed. That's why they stopped was in 1755. And then because Portugal was under a dictatorship um, through World War, I think through World War One, definitely through World War Two, up until the 1974, I think they called it the Carnation Revolution. It's been kind of, I don't want to say backwards, but ignored and not really discovered. So they're just now coming to their own. Yes, they are. Last year they won the World, Lisbon won the World Travel Destination Award from the some World tourism kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think we're getting there just as things. I are think it's to get really gonna. Popular. Yes, yes. And we've met people that have gone there and have stopped in their tracks, knowing that we were going. Going, oh, it is incredible. You'll love Lisbon. So everyone has said that. Everyone, everyone a, has said it's just an incredibly person. beautiful place. Hasn't been yeah. a single person that we that we met going. Oh no, I didn't really like Lisbon. Yeah, no. Everyone raves about it. Yeah, so, looking forward to it. Going back to the reason why this is called DLTU, something happened uh, a week ago. Melissa said something, and I said something back, and she looked at me and goes, how do you know that? Remember what it was? Mm. My my beautiful wife, who has the body of a 35-year-old, she's just incredible. She does yoga, and she you can bounce quarters off her ass. And <laughs> I've done it. Oh, trust me, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> does not... Is not extravagant in any way, shape, or form. The only extravagance you could possibly be accused of having is of of rice cakes. You love your rice cakes. Oh, yeah. That's your only only unnecessary thing that you buy. I think so, yeah. So you don't buy clothes. You don't have 8,000 shoes. You don't have closets and closets full of clothes. You you have beautiful clothes that, that fit you perfectly. But you don't go, you don't buy, I mean, when's the last time? I don't think, I think the last piece of clothing you had was the dress I bought you last summer. Yes. That would be the last piece of clothing you bought. Yes, and before that it would have been my wedding dress that I got married in in Australia. Australia. Mm -hmm. So one of the things is you don't have very comfortable bras. Your bras, you said your bras are 10 years old? Oh, my God, I need new bras so desperately. I would love some new bras. And now they're getting sort of, I can't wait. to. Well, all women know you get home and you just can't wait to take it off. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sitting in bed and Melissa comes in with this look of ecstasy in her face, scratching her her, her stomach. And then the bruise, oh, oh, it feels so good. No, my son, my oldest son sat next to me just to cut this weekend, Friday night, I think. He sat down next to me just to chat and talk. And he went, why am I sitting on one of your bras, Mom? <laughs> Jeez, he picked it up and <laughs> put it on the chair. So because we're going into the city on Tuesday in order to uh, drop Rory off at the airport, I said, you know what? We should do something special for you because you've always gotten off the shelf, off the rack kind of bras. We should take you to a bra footing, mm. bra fitting. And you were like, 
How do you know about those? <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, you guys, you don't know what Sean, you don't want to know what Sean knows every, about. Doesn't every guy know about bra fittings? Why would it be unusual that I would know about bra fittings? Sweetheart, guys don't know about these things. Why not? I don't know. Why what? I'd say, guys, guys were listening. Do you know what a bra fitting is? Yeah, like, oh, um, honey, I want you to come shopping with me today. I've got to go for a bra fitting. Any guy's going to go, um, I got work to do. They're not going to come with you. Am I that much of an outlier? Yes. Because I like shopping with my significant other. Mm-hmm. I don't like shopping for myself. Um, I, I like walking around with her looking for pretty things for her to wear. Okay. And trying things on. I have no problem. I'm not going to be the guy standing outside with the purse. If you're going to try on clothes, I want to see what they look like. I want to walk around the store with you and, and, and look and see what you're choosing. Because if nothing else, I'll get a better idea what to buy you. Right. If at some point I need to buy you something because I've screwed up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have ulterior motives. I always uh, do. Yes. So, yeah, I think this is a wonderful thing because if guys don't know what this is, is most women, I think I read somewhere, 60% of women are wearing a bra that doesn't fit them, that they bought off the rack. Every woman's shape is different, and yet every bra shape is the exact same. You can get different cup sizes and, and all that kind of stuff, but they may dig in. The guys, you'd be happy that you're a guy because the horror oh. stories I've heard from women about, about bras is just ridiculous. So there are some stores where you can go in a – Bra consultant, bra yeah, professional. Yeah, I mean the ladies will measure you. Will measure and you do all and, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. And, yeah. And you get a little bit pampered, and you get a, a, a bra that, in theory, fits you perfectly. That's right. You and, can. And maybe you wouldn't have that itchy feeling. I don't know. Oh, it's only because um, they're old, and yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I think it's creepy that you've gone and done bra fittings <laughs> with all the women that you've been with, and I really choose not to go there. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to go and be the other girl, another girl that uh, Sean goes to do a bra fitting with. I can do that on my own. You have an issue with me having done things that you've I did with done, other women. Yeah, because you've been with so many other women, and it's just, you, you don't know what that's like. It's annoying. But at this age, there's not a lot I haven't done with somebody else. Come on now. Um. I've never been with a man that's ever gone on bra fittings with women that he's been with. So it's not something that I choose to do. Right, I'm fine. fine. I can fine, do it. Fine. My partner and I have been together. This is the uh, advice section of the show of Don't Listen to Us. Uh, like we said, emails to dltu at yml.me. My partner and I have been together for almost three years. He has two adult children from his previous marriage and one adolescent child from a previous relationship. When we met, I was getting divorced and his other relationship was dissolving. We now have a two-year-old and we're expecting our second child together soon. Okay, so this is the... The Brady Bunch. This is the 21st century relationships. Right. You've got kids from multiple parents and the families coming together. There's a new family being created, but there's other families that are out there on the periphery. Okay. Okay. He has never told his children about me or our child. (gasps) What? He has a very strange relationship with the adult children, but a very good relationship with the adolescent. They talk every day and are together every other weekend, which is good. Yeah. But if they're together every other weekend, and he's never told them about his new girlfriend and He's baby, married to this woman, isn't he? No, or are they no, just, just uh, partner have been together. Okay. So how is he together with his adolescent child every other weekend? Are they staying in hotels? Do that if they we don't have know. separate homes? I don't know. How the, odd. Ad- the adolescent's mother doesn't want the child around me. My partner's reason for not telling his child is he's afraid the relationship will end and the child won't want to see him, be around him, or be angry with him. 
This situation has caused a lot of arguments in our house. Well, duh. I desperately want his child to be a part of our lives, especially for our children. My partner keeps telling me that in time he'll talk to his child about it, but it's been a couple of years. Do I have to just accept the child being every part of our lives? It feels like our life is a secret and it shouldn't be. The longer he waits, the worse this is going to be. Suddenly he's going to tell his child that he has a two, girl, two, girlfriend and two other babies. Two and other babies. The, the child's going to go, what? Well, why wasn't I a part of this? Why didn't I know about this? If he's that insecure in his relationship with his child, then there's something wrong. The adolescent's mother doesn't want the child around me. That's not her choice. That's the father's choice. As divorced parents, you take into account that the parent doesn't want you, don't bring my child around bikers or drug addicts or things like that. But the child's mother can't say to the child's father, little Tommy can't see your new girlfriend that you've been together with for three years. Do you agree yeah, with that? No, I agree with a mother. If, if, a, if a father has a revolving door of women, I can see saying, you know what? I don't want... Johnny to be exposed to all of these yes. women that are coming and going and I, I don't know who they are. They're obviously not permanent people in your life. It's going to confuse him or her. Please don't. Yep. But if you have a permanent girlfriend and there's baby or children involved yep. that are half sister or brother, yep. Yep. then that mum doesn't <clears throat> she doesn't, it's not really her place to say if that dad says, you know what I'm really ready for him or her to meet my yep. significant other. She can have an opinion, but the the new relationship takes precedent over the old broken relationship in this case. In the, in the description that you said, yes, if it's a revolving door, then no, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. But this is a woman you're obviously happy with, together with, been together with for, th for three years. You got two kids. No, introduce them to your adolescent child. I mm. guarantee the, the story says, my partner's reason for not telling his adolescent child, he's afraid the relationship will end and the child won't want to see him, be around him, or be angry with him. No, he's not going to act that way. Well, it depends on the, how much influence the mother has. Nothing's being True. said here. Yes. The mother could, you don't know what that's all about. No. The mother, if there's harsh feelings yes. or that, the mother could, and obviously there is. The mother could very much influence yeah. that adolescent's opinion. Because if mom was, um, if if the if the relationship, if the breakup of the marriage was at least even not even amicable, but tolerable mm -hmm. mom shouldn't care who the next relationship is no but obviously you know you don't know if it was a result of an affair that he's with this woman or whatever and the mom is obviously perhaps holding on to a lot of stuff and extending it so out how to the child how, do you, how does this woman solve this problem Well, if she doesn't want to jeopardize the relationship, she has to be very honest and just keep saying this is not okay anymore. And that the adolescent's going to get more confused if you suddenly introduce this in two or three years when they're older and there's two half sisters or yep. brothers or one of each. I went through this when I was 10, where suddenly I found out that there was a whole other family I was attached to that mm. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. My little brother, David, and my little sister, Melanie. Melanie was a baby, literally six months old. Um, David was I think, four years old and suddenly, um, this guy shows up and says, I'm your father. Come see your new brother and sister. And I was like, uh, this is weird. Oh, 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 okay. And we went off to, we'll call him daddy Dave. We went off to daddy Dave's house and he was this wonderful little brother and his little baby sister. It was like, oh, I was the happiest guy in the world. Mm. I think that's what would happen here. I think that what 
dad has to do is suck it up and say, I'm going to introduce my adolescent child to my other children and everything's going to be fine. If it's not fine, it will be fine eventually. You would hope so, yes. At some point, if you have a good relationship with your kid now, and there's no indication that he doesn't, it might break. I can't imagine it would, but it might break, again, depending on how um, the birth mother reacts. But it will it will fix itself over time. Yeah. And I, in the meantime, you have to take care of the re- relationship you're in. Well, you do. And the longer it goes on, the worse it's going to get. So if he was afraid initially, and let's just wait, let's just wait. It's like a man saying, I'm going to tell my wife, I'm going to tell her, I'm going to tell her. If he is having an affair, I'll tell her, I'll tell her, I'll leave her. And the longer it goes on, the harder it gets. Yep. I'm in an OOD, obsessive organic disagreement, with my daughter-in-law and her husband, my son. An OOD, okay. I've never heard of that. Three families are coming to my house for the holidays. The OOD couple decided not to join us if everyone didn't contribute dishes made from labels organic. Oh, I'm sorry. This is, uh, I see. Sorry, uh, if everyone didn't contribute dishes made from foods labeled organic. Right. The OOD couple have three preschool children. They buy only organic foods and dine at cafes of all organic grocery stores. Otherwise, they bring organic food and beverages for the children. Letting them bring their own organic labeled foods for the holidays hasn't worked out well. My daughter-in-law brought so many vegetables for a cookout that she monopolized the entire grill cooking them. They proceeded to eat dinner as we had just gained access to the grill. I was brought up that if someone invited you for dinner, you ate what you liked of it. Well, you ate what you liked of what was served. You didn't order the hostess to prepare food specific to your family, nor did you bring your own dinner to dinner. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration and the U.S. Department of Agriculture Food Safety Hotline say all food sold in grocery stores is safe to eat. Would it poison the OOD family to eat one holiday meal that was regular food? Oh, it's so annoying. Short version. My house, my rules. Mm. You know, it's funny. There was a little, I guess you, what do you guys call it, a meme or a gif on Facebook. And there's three women sitting in a restaurant and they're saying to the young waitress, well, you know, we don't eat eggs and we don't eat gluten and we only eat organic. Can you make any suggestions? And the cute little waitress is saying, a taxi. That's right. Exactly. It's getting, it can become... I've been at gatherings where there's been people that have got all their stuff and they're organic and I just, it makes me cringe. Nope. When my children were little, I there were certain things that I would only buy organic. like, uh, the, And there's lists of foods that they say, this is a good idea, organic, but otherwise, no. Like I'd never buy them organic bananas. Cause, yeah. So I just would say to those people, no. You come and eat what I serve, and if it's not good enough, then I'm sorry. You know what I say? Come before dinner, leave before dinner. Yeah, something. So come, come after lunch. You can't take up someone's whole grill. Bring bring the kids. We love seeing the kids. We'll give old Christmas presents. Dinner's at 6, so you yeah. guys leave at 5.30. Yep. If, if if you don't want to eat what we what I prepared, mm-hmm. you can bring snacks for the kids. I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. But if you are this... Well, they have to realize that if they, if they're that obsessed with it, that they are going to be restricted socially if they're not going to just go with the flow a bit. The, but we both know these kinds of people only socialize with those kinds of people. Usually, yes. You know? And if you've got that much money, 
I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, because eating man. organic ain't I cheap. I mean, I used to try and do it as much as I could. Yeah. And now I don't even try anymore. There's absolutely no way I can eat organic. We can't afford it. No, it's just, it's, it's impossible. Yeah, we've talked before, you can't afford to eat healthy. If, if, well, if we eat lower, healthy. No, no, sorry, I, I should have. Uh, yeah. If you're at the lower end of the, the weight scale, if you're working poor, you can't afford to eat healthy. You can't. You can't. I've seen, I've watched documentaries on it. Yeah. Families struggling and all they can really afford is the unhealthiest food that That's you can right. possibly buy. Exactly. But I think in this case, you say, okay, I, I respect your choices in mm-hmm, your home, mm-hmm. but these are my choices in my home. If you don't want to eat what I serve, that's not a problem. Yeah, that's you, okay. You, you would not be bringing in whole masses of food to serve your, your end of the family. Mm-hmm. This is a communal event. Mm-hmm. Everyone eats the community food. You can bring... Some, bring food. Bring some rice. You know, for uh, yeah, you something to put on the table. But otherwise, I think it's best if you just leave at five thirty. Yeah. We we love you. We love seeing the kids. You know, go to an organic grocery store for from five thirty to seven. Come on back for after. Bring some organic pumpkin frickin' pie. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not bending to your will. No, it's well. Obviously, they're not saying bend. They're saying we're going to bring all of our own food. Well, no, they're um, saying that everyone should be sh- everyone should be bringing organic food to, to the house. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, no. Not gonna I happen. hate that sort of inflexibility. Yeah, yeah and really. That, and that's what it becomes with this kind of thing. People, there's a certain I don't want to say hipster, but I just did um, segment of society that are going, no, no, this is what we do, and we're yeah. you know, and it's just like, no, no. Now, it would be different if they were saying the children have a nut allergy. Don't serve. That's an entirely different thing. You know, or a dairy allergy or those mm-hmm. kinds of things. That's different. But these are choices you're making. Mm-hmm. And we don't agree with it. We don't care. If you make the choice for yourself, you're not going to make that choice for me. Well, they're also raising children that will be very restricted yep. and will then start to go to parties and go, well, no, I can't eat that because my mom says I'm not allowed to have anything that's not organic. And parents are going to go, oh, geez, they're going to roll their eyes. And don't invite this kid over anymore. No. I'm a 26-year-old man who's very nice, thoughtful, and kind. I've dated only a few times, and I know I'm still young, but in this era of the Me Too movement, it scares me to date someone because things I say or do could be used against me. How do I feel comfortable in the dating world without having the fear that a woman will accuse me of doing something inappropriate to her? Well, don't do it then. Yeah. Be respectful. Be always aware and, and honor her and never do anything that you would get in trouble for. 99.9% of any accusations, yes, there's a very small percentage of accu- accusations that are false, but the vast majority of them are because he was an asshole. Mm. Here's the hint. Don't be an asshole. I can see why men are getting nervous, though. The, the bad men should be very nervous. I, I can see why any man no. is... No. no, I disagree. No, well, any any man should not be nervous, because if you are respectful, nothing will happen. That's true. 99.999% of women you are going to date are not going to falsely accuse you of raping them. No, I'm not talking about that. That's I'm not going as far but, but as that's that. That's what they're worried. That's what these guys are worried about. Yes, but they're also worried about if you're a guy that is not experienced very much with women, there is a huge concern because you don't know how to read signals. You get confused. You might, you know, be in adrenaline and lose. I'm not saying there's an excuse for any kind of abuse or any, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I can see why men are concerned. Because already dating women is something that they're nervous about. And now on top of this, they're nervous that they're going to do something that's going to make the woman react strongly. And it's, it's scary. And 
you know, you women are tough to date. I mean, you're so damn picky. Everything has to be. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. It. it becomes, Some women are. Yes, sir. I'm, but I'm, I was teasing. I know what you're saying, especially when you're new to the dating world, no matter what age you are. You don't want to. Part of part of it is that I like this person. I don't want to do anything to make them not like me. But you also, because we're men and oftentimes unsubtle, we don't get hints, we don't get body language, we don't, we'll misinterpret things. Yes. And in our overexcitement, we might do things that were inappropriate. You might grab a boob when you're not supposed to. Yeah. You know, you're making out on the couch or you're kissing in the car or whatever and you do something and you're like, ah! Mm-hmm. So the problem is you can't ask the woman... Is it okay if I touch your poop? Because that just ruins the moment. Yes. You know, it's that aspect of it is hard. I completely understand. Yes, that. I think uh, it always has been. It always has been exactly. But in general, if you're not a jerk, you won't get accused of being a jerk. Is the way I always looked at it. Mm-hmm. But some men just don't have, or young men don't have the experience yet to know what's right and wrong, or, or what do they do. It's I can imagine being a man. It's very very nerve wracking. My nephew is seven years old, always a very welcome guest in our home. He's a lovely boy, and we're extremely fond of him. That being said, mm. he spends at least part of every visit picking his nose in plain sight of the rest of the family. My sister, his mother, has never said a word about this. I don't want to parent her kid, but it's also really unpleasant. And I can tell it confuses my kids who have been raised to take their nose picking to the bathroom. How should I handle this? You say to him, in our house, you do not pick your nose... In front of everybody, it's a private thing. You go to the bathroom and get some tissue and take care of it. Off you go. Why are you writing an advice column about this? <laughs> I'm not sure why people do that. Little Timmy, no. If don't. he's at school, I can guarantee you the teacher's going to go, Jimmy, that's not what you do in the classroom. Go and take care of it. So. Why are you writing an advice column about this? I don't know. What did it, the advice column list say? Oh, it doesn't matter because oh. the, the, the response is, you're a moron. <laughs> I'd be, if I was the advice columnist, I'd be looking for the other column, the other re- email she wrote, like, which milk do I pick? You mm. know, just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's common sense. You already know that you don't let your You've children do You've raised children, yeah. It's your house. And it's not parenting. It's no. actually being in the moment with a child and teaching them the right thing to do. He's obviously not being parented very well. I can't stand that when you – there's still kids in schools that pick their nose yep. in front of you and eat it. And it's like, oh, God, oh yeah. good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, parents go, hey, he'll face, he'll grow up. Oh, no, 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 no. You no. tell him to stop. Stop it. Nasty, it's disgusting. Stop doing that. Folks, that's it for this episode of DLTU. Uh, send us emails, as always, to DLTU at YML.me. We, uh, we're actually going to be doing a show on Christmas Eve Eve. I think we will. It's next yeah. Sunday, so a week from today, December 23rd. Yeah. And, and especially because that'll be our anniversary. It will be, yeah. So we'll have that. We'll have memories of Christmas. We'll talk to you guys about what your Christmas plans are. Let us know. Uh, DLTU at your Mac Life. Sorry, DLTU at YML.me. Until next week, I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. Thank you guys very much for listening. See ya! Bye!